This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Divider recording on May 25th. Tonight it's Dave, Matt, and I'm your host, Rick. All right, uh, Matt, we're going to open up with your uh, your bailiwick in the NBA. Um, why is the league filled with such drama, first of all? And why does it always revolve around LeBron the most? So, well, that it's, it sells tickets or, or, or gets viewers, you know, it's but like, let's be real. He got asked if he was going to retire and he's like, oh, I have to think about it. No, you've already come out and said you're going to play with Bronny. Like, you know, it's funny. There's no suspense. The first thing. Yeah. The first thing that popped in my head when when he said that he just wants people to talk about him. Mm-hmm. wants to be in the in the news and have all the media outlets talking about him because now he's out of the playoffs because their team is not very good <laughs> i mean they're you know but it was like yeah they they got they got embarrassed let's just put it that way i think well and then the, what do you hear the next day or two days later oh trey young might get traded to the lakers like is this not tam- like is it not tampering to already be talking about this type of stuff <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's like rumor mill stuff. Like, who who said it? I don't even. I didn't even hear that one. But it, it was like a headline on ESPN, I think. Maybe it was. Maybe it was Fox Sports, but one of the two. Yeah, it's probably one of their higher ups, like Stephen A. Smith or something, just coming out. And, you know, it would be a perfect fit here. <laughs> yeah. It. No. I mean, you just you get LeBron, and there's always drama that follows him. You know. It, if there isn't, then he'll try to make something up. Uh, it, it, I just thought it was kind of pathetic. It, it really just felt pathetic to say, like, oh, maybe I'll retire. Like, okay. Just like Aaron Rodgers was going to retire. You know, it's like, okay, you know, you're, 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 you're not going to retire. You're hit, your ego is too big, and it's just never going to happen. I mean, I think the only way he retires is if he wants to really pull a Jordan and he just comes back as a free agent to whatever team drafts Ronnie. Like retired. Yeah, I mean, realistically, it might be one year. Let's be real. Bronny's probably, even though he's probably not going to be good enough, it's probably going to be a one and done at USC just because he can be. Yeah, just because. Is LeBron under contract? I think his contract's up after next year. Yeah, I think he's got two years. Is it two? What? However many years left he's got, that's how many years Bronny's going to be staying. So he's got the next year. He's got. Um, for almost $47 million owed to him. And then the 24-25 season is a $50 million player option. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, meaning 
if yeah, he's gonna opt out and go wherever Bronny ends up getting drafted. Yeah, I mean that, that makes the most sense. He's not. He you saw. I don't know if you watched at all, but the the last like the NBA. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean these these are are. Maybe maybe they're not that good, right? Because I mean, Denver just pretty much throttled the Lakers for the first three games, and the the fourth game, the first half, LeBron was like a man on fire, like he looked good, right? But he couldn't finish the game on his own, and he kept you could see he kept waiting for somebody else to be like Anthony Davis. Are you going to do something, DeAndre Russell? Are you going to do something? Like who's going to step up and and help me win this game? And nobody did, and he just kind of like faded off into oblivion and that was it you know it's just kind of sad but at the same point like i don't really care because i don't really like lebron that much so um it's kind of funny to see him like he he's not he won't be the guy on the team moving forward like they're gonna have to have another guy or two and he's gonna be kind of your like third maybe fourth guy to like put you over the top you know like he's he's really good but i think he's probably gonna have to take somewhat of a step back maybe play less minutes and I mean they already do the load management but yeah. he's just not the uh he, he can do it when he needs to do it for for a little while but he's he can't be the guy that's just going to win games for you anymore and then the league's just catching up to him or passing him you know so at, at 38 it's is pretty old <laughs> I mean he hasn't had too many injuries throughout his career but uh yeah, it's just it's kind of it was kind of a lackluster series to watch. I mean, Denver is just good all around. I mean, Jokic is I love watching him. He's he's amazing. Like he looks like a guy that you you'd catch out at a bar and he'd just be you know fourteen beers deep and telling stories, but and he just looks like it. And but the guy can play. He's super smart. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Is he did he pass Giannis as the best all around? player in the game right now for the past two years at least like the best passing center you could ever dream of really he doesn't have such court awareness well i mean he like falls out of bed and has like 15 rebounds too like you know what i mean like like that's that's what i mean like he can you know i guarantee if he wanted to dominate as a scorer he probably could yeah, if, yeah, and he does. But I mean, like dropping, like you know, yeah, fifty points a game. Yeah, yeah he could, but he doesn't. I mean, he gets he gets everybody involved. Um, yeah, he he's just fun to watch. I mean, his footwork and everything. I mean, he can go down low. He can battle. I mean, I don't know if you ever watch his arms too. The way he he always has the ball up, and you can see the back of his arms always have like scratches on him because he's I I don't know, he's just a physical player. Um, and, but like probably one of the smartest basketball players in today's game, like all around knowledge of the game. And it doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but he just, he somehow gets around guys off too. It's, it's, he is, he's just impressive. He's really impressive. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they Denver pretty much just has, have now just, you know, throttle the Lakers. If they were going to win one, the Lakers almost won that last one, but they just kind of fizzled out. That was it. Um, so Denver moves on. And then it kind of looked the same. Like Miami just had Boston's number. 
uh, Jimmy Butler and, and everybody else. I mean, it was, you know, Bam Adebayo, they, they've moved the ball around so well. And again, Jimmy Butler is another really smart player. Just knows how to, you know, get, create contact to get, you know, fouls called smart passer. Um, just the, just the gritty guy and, you know, gets buckets when he needs to. So, um, but the, the whole team kind of came together for the, the, well, I was gonna have they had Kevin Love the entire year, or did they get hit? Did he get bought out of a contract after the deadline? Yeah, he got bought out because I didn't think he was traded, right? Like he was, no, he was with Cleveland, I believe. Okay, that's what I thought. And all of a sudden, I saw him like in the game. I was like, like they were, I think it was one of the NHL games. They cut to that, it was maybe on Sunday. The NHL game was early, and that game was after for Sunday Night Baseball, and they rolled right into it, and all of a sudden they showed Kevin Love warming up in a heat jersey. I was like, or heat pullover. I'm like, what? Yeah, he's not playing Miami. One, why are you showing Kevin Love? And two, when the heck did he become a member of the Miami Heat? Yeah, he's not playing major minutes or anything like that, but he'll, he'll come off the bench. He's, he's still a pretty good player. He can shoot. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're just the Heat are well rounded. Sort sort of the Celtics. I was hoping for a lot more from the series, and I think we just saw it with the last game. It was it was tight. Um, Boston pulls it out. Uh, they're but, at fifteen five right now too. They're at fifty five. See, so like, yeah, you go down three zero. It's I mean, good luck, right? But it's possible. You just got to win one. Um, and well, especially in the NBA, I feel like it's you know. Yeah. It's easier than hockey, I think, to win to come back from a 3-0 deficit. Yeah, you get a little bit of momentum. Depends on if you got, you know, home court or whatnot. But yeah, I mean, Boston, they just had Jason Taylor's number. He looked flustered for the for, through the first three games. It was just it was rough. Like he was had so many turnovers, he was missing shots. He just looked uncomfortable. And I think that was what they were trying to do. And he was trying to do too much. Um, and then uh, so yeah, then then the Lakers are not the Lakers. The um, the Heat, uh, yeah, I think they got a little complacent in the fourth game. I felt like they were just gonna, they thought they were gonna roll into a, to a victory. Boston came out guns a blazing, and uh, we're moving the ball around a lot more. So you get Jalen Brown um, and Marcus Smart involved a little bit more, and you know you kind of see what the Celtics are all made of. So. I, I think the Celtics are the better team. Um, I think I would like to see a Miami Denver series, uh, you know, championship final series, but uh, I would, I expected more out of this uh, Laker or the uh, Celtics heat uh, series. So hopefully that comes to fruition here. So if it is, if it is Denver, Miami, which league is more upset with their potential championship series? <laughs> oh, I know. That's, that's... You had and NBA had LA and they had Boston <laughs> yeah. in the conference finals, and they might lose them both. And I mean, was... at least for the NHL, they had not traditional hockey markets in the entire conference final. Right? Isn't the NBA like how the heck did we let Boston? And LA slipped through our fingers. You know, the NBA, I, I feel like, yeah, it, it the markets kind of dissipate, you know, the, the smaller market teams that they, they rise to the top in these games. But with the way the league is structured now, I think, and 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 this 
is kind of telltale why the Bulls have sucked for so long, but nobody really cares because if you think about franchises that that should be on the top, that players should be like begging to go to, the Bulls are one, two, or three, depending, you know, like you can pick, you know, the Knicks. But Matt, are they, but let's be real. So I watched the movie Air. Oh, are yes. they really? It was, it was good. Are they really though? Like minus 84 to 96, like yeah, the Bulls have never been anything. No, but that 84 to 96 was it though. I mean, it I was get that, but like, I don't think people credit the Bulls with that as much as they credit Jordan. Yeah, but if he was, you know what I mean. But I'm saying like that's why like the Bulls are look. They're like, if Jordan was in Milwaukee, it would have been the Bucks. Yeah, you know, like I think that's the way a lot of people look at it, and they're like, I think it's different when it's the Lakers or the Celtics that have had these dynasty runs throughout different generations of players or stars. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that's why it's you know you say one, two, or three, but I mean that era of the Bulls. I'm not going to say it trumps the Lakers or the, or the Celtics, but I mean, it, it was, it was dominant and it was, it was global. You know what I mean? Where I don't know that like Boston, Boston teams were global. Everybody knew Rodman. Everybody knew Jordan. Kind of knew Pippen. Well, if you go back to to Magic and, uh, and Bird though, pretty much international stars. Yeah. Or Kareem. Yeah, I mean it's you know you're you're right in that right before that no and and right after that I mean it's I think too many people heard too many whispers and saw too many things like on Jordan special that the ownership if nothing else tried to chase the best basketball player in the world out of out of the town yeah that's not that's not well, going to do you any favors let's be real not only the best basketball player also probably the best basketball coach ever yeah. There's yeah. no reason. I mean, again, so they could you wait for them to leave. And that's, you, yeah. And then you take your lumps after it. Don't try to like part yeah. it into something else. Just ride it out. So Matt, you asked how air was air was good. And it made me want to rewatch the last dance though. Just yeah. cause like, cause like it like gets you in that, you know, that kind of spirit of like Jordan. Right. But, right. but that, I mean, that's, that's the it was pretty good. Like, I, I, if like I don't know that the league is structured so much now to favor certain teams or certain markets, I think that the league is structured to favor superstars. Mm-hmm. You want stars in there because the, well, the kids, I don't even care. Like there's kids in Chicago that are wearing Steph Curry jerseys. You know, they're that like you go back 10, 15 years, that would never happen. Well, and think of so what is that? What is that from? That's just from social media. It's, it's- Boom of the internet, right? So, like, that's what Jordan. Like, that's why I think when you say Jordan was such a global brand, I think because he came along right at the perfect. Like, if that was Bird and Magic coming around when internet was exploding, you know what I mean? Like, Jordan. Yes, I I will say that he's still the best player ever. I'm not saying that, but I think you know the the stock of the Bulls got raised because the internet, because Jordan became such a highlight reel and the 92 dream team hit at the perfect time. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I, I don't know, you know, they have, so you're back to your original question. Who's, who's hurting more with, with a Miami Denver or a, I don't even know who's 
one of the series. Well, Florida won, and Carol Vegas is up three nothing. Game four is tonight uh, against the Stars. Okay, yeah. So I would think hockey would probably hurt more. I just and and I think it goes to to reason. You know, the the NBA is is obviously rigged in some of its stuff, but so is the NHL for what you're saying and how the Hawks got the number one overall pick. When when you have big franchises with star players and that fan base, you know, it the league is that much better off for it. I, I just feel like, you know, for from an NHL perspective, I think. Yeah, Vegas has a little extra because it's Vegas. And fandom a little bit. I mean, it, it hurts there's no Canadian team in there. And then, you know, but Vegas has a little bit where you have people who, who don't live in an NHL city. A lot of them, like, Vegas picks up some of those uh, people, if you will, they're enamored with Vegas uh, and stuff. And and, and it doesn't hurt that they've won, what, six out of eight years? They've really been a winning hockey team. Yeah, and they get the expansion expansion team, and they win the Stanley Cup. Like, that's how how can you not get behind something like that? That's that's the difference of the way they decided to do the expansion that this past two times also. Make sure they're competitive instantly because if you went to Vegas and you weren't competitive for six, seven years, yeah, you're probably that franchise might be in the Arizona Coyotes territory, right? Yeah, but so then the other, the one other question I had about the NBA, just kind of wondering because they don't do it too often. Does Jason Tatum spend his entire career in Boston? I mean, I, history would say no, right? But you you want it. You want that. Like, I want that as a fan. I just, it's just fun. You know, you, you keep the star there and you, you interchange some other pieces around them and you, you try to revamp it up. Like, holy man, he just dropped one. Yeah, Boston's on another level right now. <laughs> Jason Tatum just threw down a crazy dunk. Um, yeah, I probably not, right? I mean, they're already talking about this Victor Wembenyama, right? So he, the Seattle or San Antonio Spurs got the number one overall pick. This kid is supposed to be generational. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. He's like seven five, probably one hundred and eighty five pounds coming out of France. The guy can dribble, shoot, pass, kind of play down low a little bit. But I think once he gets to the NBA, he's gonna get he's gonna get muscled around a little bit. But they're already talking about oh he'll go to the Spurs, he'll reinvigorate uh, Popovich. And then he'll be a Laker before you know it, you know, or something like somebody's just going to sign him with a huge contract and steal him away. That's just what's going to happen. And I think that happens in the league. And, and they try to stop it with the Supermax contracts, but it hasn't it hasn't really mattered that much. No, because, because there can be so much more off the off the court endorsements too. Oh my God, so much more. I mean, basketball is just filthy money what these players can make. So the reason I ask that is because I feel like Boston is one of those franchises that. For the most part, minus Paul Pierce, when they have a guy and he's their guy, they do whatever to keep him. Mm-hmm. And to the other point of them talking about, you know, if they were to get swept, coach would have been gone. Probably would have been one or two big trades. Is Tatum traded or is Tatum the one guy they keep? And it's smart and it's brown. You know, yeah. that's why I asked. I mean, you yeah, you hit your wagon to your number one star, and that's Tatum. So they'll they'll do everything they can to keep him around. And he's 
he's that two-way player where he, you know, he can score, but he also plays defense and he's big enough to guard most positions. So um yeah, I mean he's kind of he's a special one of the special players. So I I'd be surprised if he didn't go somewhere, but then at the same point, you know, you get into a, a franchise like Boston and I don't know. I maybe players don't want to leave when you're you you feel that you're connecting with management and your community and the team and you know they they obviously they've been really close for so many years. So if they get over the hump here, you know I could see them trying to repeat a few championships. And and it just looks better too. Like you look at Steph Curry and you're like, yeah, he's got I don't know if he's got four now or something like that. Four. But, all with the same team, right? Yeah, you got help from Kevin Durant, this and that, whatever. That doesn't matter. You have four with the same team. When you look at LeBron and you have two in Miami, you lost one pretty bad to Dallas, which you probably shouldn't have, which was laughable, but I'm glad they lost it. And then you go to the Cleveland, which is cool. You go back and you bring one home, but then you leave and go to LA and you get one in the bubble. You just kind of look at that whole resume and it's not as impressive as saying like Steph Curry did it with basically the same team four different times. You know, well, it's it, like the loyalty factor too, to it. Like, yeah, it just, it just, I don't know. For me, that's just my perspective. I just think when you look at that, you say, oh, step one, four with the same team and LeBron kind of ran around and chased it with different players. It, then you're kind of like, eh, okay, it's, it's fine. I mean, it's, good. it's a good career, but it's just not. Yeah. Like to that point, right. Like you think of like all the all time greats and like, yeah, Kareem played in a couple different places, but like when you think of Kareem, you think of him as a Laker, right? Like, right, yeah. But like Magic was only a, a only a Laker. Yeah, Warren played a bit for the Wizards, but like he was a Bull. Larry Bird was a Celtic. Like, yeah. What yeah. do you what like when it's all said and done? What's LeBron gonna be remembered as? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it gotta say Cleveland, I guess, right? A mercenary. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, that's really what it's really what he you know, is. And the guy who he recruited, you know, the, the whole thing in Miami started that off with the, you know, recruiting his pals and. and you know, well, that's so actually Miami didn't start that. Miami answered the, uh, <laughs> the Boston Kevin Garnett Ray Allen acquisitions. They just weren't all free agent signings that teamed up to go there. They were trades that happened, but yeah. yeah. And I don't know, like, if if LeBron's career would have been different because there was a chance that that all could have ended up in Chicago versus Miami. And if he would have came here and won two championships here, then went back to Cleveland and L.A., maybe maybe I'd have, you know, my hometown bias. Maybe I'd feel a little bit well, different about LeBron than I do. But I just I just look at it. It's not that impressive to me. I don't know why. He's, he's still it, one of the best players ever play the game. But I think... Would it, would it also be different if he didn't sit down at a boys and girls club and have the whole hour long interview process to say he was going to Miami? Yeah. Yeah. You know, all the money he raised for charity aside. Right. But yeah, it was, it was a pathetic, pathetic move. It just was like, it goes back to where we, how we started this. Like he just wants people to talk about him. So he got a whole summer of people talking about him because of the decision and the way he did it. Yeah. Yeah, and then just like this, yeah, you you, you go out kind of ugly, and then you say, I'm, maybe I'll retire. Oh, you're not going to retire. Come on. Hey, fans. I know you like what you hear, so do us a favor. Hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are found. 
You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles Sports Divided. But we will move on to the NHL. We already talked a little bit about it. Uh, Florida swept Carolina last night. Uh, two overtime games, a one nothing game, and a game that came down to the final four seconds. Uh, Vegas is on the verge of sweeping Dallas right now. That score is one, one after one. I would have never thought going into these two series that we could be a week in and these series are both over. Could be two potential sweeps. Um, if that is the yeah, case, that was just something boring. I mean, well, yeah, Jamie Ben's a. Yeah, I don't. And then they come all the excuses from they want. Well, and then he came out and said, "Oh, I fell and my stick just happened to hit him in the head." No, okay, dude, come on. At least come up with a better lie. Be like, "Yeah, I went to go cross check him in the shoulder and I missed a bit because we both kind of went down and I hit him in the face." Yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah, I shouldn't have got him. Like I was going to cross check him. I didn't mean to intentionally hit him in the face. But like, dude, watching the thing, you could see. But either way, uh, if Vegas. Does not blow a historic lead here. Um, we will have a first-time cup winner between Florida and Vegas. So I asked this question. I know my answer on this as far as, well, I'll give it after. The best current American-born hockey player right now True or false is Matthew Kachuk. All around? Yeah. The reason I say yes is because... Better than Austin Matthews. The reason I say better than Austin Matthews is because Matthews does not figure out how to do it in the playoffs, and Matthew Kachuk has three game winners in one series, let alone... Kachuk's more physical. He's bigger. He can take more more of a beating and dish it out and have the skill. So, I, yeah, if I'm starting a team, I would take him over Austin Matthews. And he's a leader. Like, I don't know how, like, not much has ever said. Like, Kachuk is a guy who is going to drag his teammates into a fight. If they're down big, guess what? I'm dragging you into this thing. Doesn't matter whether we're down or not. Like, I say yes because of playoff production, not because of – if we were talking regular season, I'd still probably say awesome Matthews, but based off of what it means in the NHL is to win Stanley Cups and to get out of the second round. Yeah, I would say I would say Matthew Kachuk right now at this very moment is the best American born hockey player currently. Obviously not uh, of all it, time. Not, it's not close. All. Yeah, it's close. And there's discussion to be had, but I, he would get my vote. I just, I kind of sit there and I try to think, like, who's close, like, to that level right now? Nobody but Matthews. Oh, yeah, that would be the guy. I mean, you know. And and like I said, playoff playoff production-wise, Matthews isn't even close. Well, anybody with a maple leaf on their chest is close. <laughs> that's a whole, yeah, there, that's there, a whole other story. There is drama coming out of that place now, too. Speaking of Austin Matthews, Kyle Dubas, apparently there is a uh, 
investigation about how close and buddy buddy he is with the uh, agency firm that Austin Matthews uses. So there could be more out of this whole uh, Kyle Dubis not returning to the Maple Leafs. Um, whether it's the Maple Leafs playing, paying a couple million dollars to a uh, charity of the NHL's choice to get Joel Quinville signed off on to come back behind the bench, or I bet that happened. You know. Oh, I, I, I one of the two will pay. It's either the Rangers or it's the Maple Leafs will be cutting a check to whatever charity the NHL wants to clear Joel Quinville to coach. I agree. I agree with you. <laughs> and you know. And then we'll see about Scotty Bowman. Uh, or not Scotty Bowman, Stan Bowman. Don't know. Um, but yeah, so the NHL. I don't know. I guess we'll see. We'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh we will move on to baseball. Um so I had a question, and Keith's not here, so I'll still ask you guys. Because I think I might know who Keith would say growing up as a Cardinals fan. So this past week, uh, Rick Hummel, a.k.a. the commish, who wrote for the Post-Dispatch in St. Louis for 37 years as a beat writer of the St. Louis Cardinals, passed away uh, suddenly. So it kind of made me think, this year so far, the Cardinals have lost three media legends in the game, and Mike Shannon, Tim McCarver, and then Rick Hummel along with, as also as a Cub, Bruce Suter passed away earlier this year. Um, but Bruce Suter doesn't fall in this category. So I have a, the question I had for you guys, in your lifetime, out of media personnel, who is the most influential Major League Baseball personality for you, Matt? <laughs> oh, man. Media... Biggest media for like who who just who like for me like like Shannon calling the games. Rick Hummel was like the first guy back when you could get the post dispatch, and my parents did get the post dispatch. You'd go in and you'd read his you know quarter of a page write up about the game and just like the way he presented it type of you know like who maybe not even that you knew of affected your fandom more than you probably thought minus hawk harrelson <laughs> like, oh that's a problem and i know right and it's like i don't want to say hawk but i mean he's the sound he was a soundtrack to your summers for how long realistically that's it that's the reason why i mean it's the the duck snort it's the can of corn it's the you know it's can, put it on the board yes like I'm not gonna say he's the best of all time. Um, I did I did like Ed Farmer a lot. Uh, I just hearing his voice was I don't know. It was just synonymous with White Sox baseball to me. Um, I'm not a huge Darren Jackson fan. I do like Jason Benetti a lot, but I I don't I don't know I don't equate like you know we haven't really I don't really equate White Sox with Benetti yet. Like, I don't think he's done it long enough, uh, but I really do like him. I like him as an announcer. I know Dave and Mary Ellen hate him, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just Let's, don't care for him. 
Len Casper, I can't get behind. It's just weird, and I'll never, I'll probably never like it. So it's just not, yeah, it's never gonna work for me. But yeah, I mean, any of the other ones like Jimmy Pearsall or Harry Carey, those are way before me. So I'm, I never that. So it, it's Ed Farmer and 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 Darren Jackson for sure. I mean, I if I had to pick one, I guess I'd probably lean towards D, DJ because uh, he's just, I don't know. He was just always there and he was the loudest one of the group, you know. So Farmer was the more steady Eddie, where Darren could just like fly off the hook. So, no, oh, I mean, uh, sorry, Ed Farmer, not Darren Jackson, Ed Farmer. I mean, uh, uh, no. Farmer was a steady Eddie guy. Yes, Farmer was a steady Eddie guy. Yeah. Dave? Oh, it's hard enough to pick between. So I'll tell you how I'm going to, how I'm going to go about this. I'm going to do it a little differently. There are such a number of them on the Cubs side. I have a hard time picking one over another. So I'm not going to pick a Cubs media guy to come out of this. I mean, there's there's Harry. I mean, Jack was uh, an earlier Homer version of, uh, of uh, Hawk. You know, I mean, it's... Jack was the ultimate homer. Um, Sano, his his time in the in the booth. You talk about a guy that just, oh my God, you just you felt like he was dying. I mean, he wanted to send that call nine one one and send stuff up there. And, but I liked him. But for me, the the difference makers and and there's and there's two, and they kind of lead into each other. I think one is a more more was the more modern day version of the old one. I mean, I go back to the black, the black and white television days of watching Vince Lloyd do the Blackhawks games, and the whole shot and the goal thing was you know, when Bobby Hall was there and Makita and things. I mean, it it formulated for me what I wanted out of an announcer. It was he was he was so good at what he did and stuff. And I and I do think that Pat Foley picked up on a lot of the stuff that Vince Lloyd did. And, and, and Foley to me is always going to be he's going to be the the voice of the of the current Blackhawks. Uh, you know, I, I realize he's not liked out of town and stuff like that, and that and that's okay. You know, it's it's what he brings to me. So for me, I, I it, it would be the combination of Vince Lloyd and and Pat Foley. So I'm a Foley state. Like I don't actually mind. It's just his voice. Like if he had a different voice, I don't think I would hate him as much. Like the the tone. Like the pitch he's of his nas- voice, he's nasally. There's no. It's question not even about the nasally. It. It's sound like for me. It's like the whatever pitch he has is like nails on a chalkboard. He could have a d- deeper voice, and I don't think it'd be as bad. Like I wouldn't be. Is it? Yeah, you you know, like, Hawks, like that could be it too. You know like, why? You don't like the Hawks, but he no, because I st- I don't mind like I don't mind old Chuck. Like he's okay. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel like Eddie's more of a homer than. Pat Foley was like, oh, Foley would be more. Foley's got a lot of Steve Stone. Exactly. Yeah. So, so it wasn't like it wasn't like the Hawks. It was just like the actual voice of him was like, just the, yeah, nah. you know. And I don't know why. And I think maybe because some of it was like, I felt at times he might have been trying to be like too over the top with some of the calls. The way he would like change his voice. Instead of just call, you know what I mean? Like, how it was like, like, well, that's not your normal voice. You like, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. Like, 
like different inflections is one thing, but to like kind of purely change it, I think that's where like the nails on the chalkboard part came for me. Has nothing to do with the Hawks. He could have been calling Red Wings games, Wilds games. I think it's just the reason his voice probably doesn't bother me, and it wouldn't be a voice that you would know. But the lead singer for Sticks, Dennis DeYoung, if you had put him and Pat Foley in the same room on two microphones, I challenge you to pick which one was which out of them. They have the same south side, nasally, uh, high pitched voice. I think. I mean, they're they're the same guy. You know, it's um, one leads one of my favorite bands of all time. The other one, one of my favorite. Uh, you know, announcers of all time. So I guess I can put up with both of them because they're they're kind of the same, kind of the same thing at, at that point. But you know, for me, they you know, you, growing up in a town, where you couldn't watch a home game for you know most of my younger life. You know, because the, the cheap ass owner, we always he didn't think anybody would watch them otherwise, and until Rocky convinced them otherwise, finally. Yeah, you had to have somebody that could bring the game to life on a transistor radio because I, I listened to as many in my lifetime. I probably listened to as many Blackhawk games on a transistor radio as I did on a television. Yeah, think about it. Really? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's you know the pillow with the 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 radio under your pillow at night, so you know your mother couldn't hear because she come and slap you in the head about. You had to go to school in the morning. You know, it's it's overtime and it's Montreal at all three to three. You know, I wasn't shutting it off. What's going to happen? <laughs> so, grandma could take you out though. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, she, she, she did many a time. <laughs> so I think for me, I I approached it two different ways. I approached it purely like pure Cardinals every day. You know, and like the easy answer would be Mike Shannon. Jack Buck, I was only around for 10 years. Cardinals, we've been blessed to have go from Harry Carey, Jack Buck, Mike Shannon, like three voices, you know, for what? We're in 23, so 80-something years of three voices that have pretty much covered just those games. I think right now when I think of Cardinals baseball, I think of he's no longer doing it because he couldn't get an Uber a day at the bar, Dan McLaughlin. And the way he would always open up the game and you'd hear his voice and goes, this is Cardinals baseball. And it just, I don't know, that was the soundtrack of summer. Nationally, I have to go back to the, what I, what you would call the quote unquote glory days, I guess, of ESPN Sunday night baseball. And you got John Miller with uh Joe Morgan, but not so much Joe Morgan. It's more the John Cruck in the booth with those guys back in the back in that early uh two thousand days of when baseball tonight was taken off and all that. Yeah. So I think those guys and then also, I, I mean, to the point is McCarver, the guy called what twenty nine World Series games, and a lot of them in my lifetime from ninety four when Fox took over with Joe Buck till he stopped calling those in two thousand 
14 or 15, something like that. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I was just kind of curious because I, I don't think that's like we've done like our best or our favorite announcers, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think I would ever asked like who you would call as your like most who most influential type of person. Um, and I would. I was going to say, I would assume Keith's guy would be Jack Buck, though, just growing up in growing up in Missouri. And like Dave said at that time, you were lucky if a game was on, you know, if you saw 30 something games a year. So Jack Buck on the radio for Keith, I would I would assume would be his answer. But see, but, that's where we that's where we were spoiled here is you had the WGN Superstation and you had all the Cup games on television. And they were well, on the day. No, yeah, they would they would be on. I mean, from I mean, even in the 70s and 80s, were they, Dave? Yes, because I know in the it wasn't until they they started covering less games when ESPN became a a a bigger deal, and and some of the regional sports networks became, you know, start nitpicking a few games here and there and so instead of 100 and them doing 160 games they were doing 125 you know that type of thing and it's well because i know when when i when i think back to like the cardinals in the 90s it was fox sports midwest for all weekday night games and then your saturday and sunday game day games were on channel 11 normal cable kplr like can get it with your antenna type of stuff. So that's why I was through, through at least the mid seventies. It was purely WGN. Gotcha. You know, I'm trying to think of when it about ended between the mid and late seventies is when it started to not be hundred percent of the games. Well, I know I was going to say, I know they were on WGN until what mid two thousands. Oh, longer. I, I bet you. I mean, on like a re- regular, like I know, I know in like the early tens that they would have like an occasional one, two, three type of day games on, but I, I still remember like the Mark Pryor, Kerry Wood days of having TBS was the Braves games every single night and Cubs games were on during the day, every single day and Cardinals were on Fox sports every night, you know, but what were you saying, Matt? Oh, I was just one other, one other guy that that yeah, came to my just my head that I was thinking of. You know, voices that Matt Reeves. Right. No, it's Matt Matt Vescurgeon. and I don't know for some reason. Oh. I think it has something. He's to- another nails on the chalkboard for me. His, I really, yeah, I really like Matt Vescurgeon. I, and I think it started with he was like the announcer on one of the video games, the baseball. Video. He was, he was the show for a long time. Yeah. So that's Santa Maria. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, I, he's just like a national guy. And I, when he, I don't know, I just, I like him. I like him when he's on the national stuff and it doesn't, you know, sometimes the national announcers come on. And I'm like, this just, this just doesn't work. You don't have any connection, but for some reason I have a connection. To him. It probably has something to do with, with video games, but Oh, I guess on a national level, also is Vince Scully. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. I would go, yeah. Like, and I say that because I was trying to think, like, to your point, Matt, about video games. I used to have a game that was called Nine Eight Nine Sports for PlayStation Two, and Vince Scully was the announcer for that. Like, I just looked. I was like, "Who is that announcer?" I looked up, and yeah, it was 
Vince Scully was play by play with uh, um, oh, they don't show who's Dave Campbell color commentary for one year. I don't know. There's another guy I was trying to think of who the color commentary guy was that that they used to have used to tell the story about he was slid into first one day and he went to go clean himself off and his pants fell because his belt broke. But I was trying to think of who that guy was. Oh, Jimmy Pearsall. Is that who it is? Yeah, the guy that did the movie about fear strikes out and rather drove him basically nuts. He had some, um, he was teamed with Harry Carey for a while and that was Wow. No, that no, no, no. This guy I'm talking about is a lot younger, so that's okay. not who. I just looked him up. I'm trying to figure out who it was. Uh, Pearsall had the pants issue, also. He also ran the bases backwards the one time, and a few other things that were in there. And he was talented, but when he was in the booth with Harry, him, Harry, and alcohol, that was that was a real, real dangerous combination. <laughs> My dad talks about Pearsall all the time and just how wild he was, and like. Then you get Harry Carey out in the uh the out the bleachers or whatever with the shirt off announcing. Yeah. He was talented though. He was a very talented ball player, but he was uh he had the original overbearing sports parent in his dad that basically you drove him in, into a mental institution. I mean it's sad. Mm-hmm. Nothing was ever enough. Um, but yeah. Uh, so another topic I wanted to touch on when it comes to MLB before we get into just kind of some regular news and notes with with stuff is I thought this year the MLB was supposed to have balanced scheduling, correct? That's what that's what my understanding was. So tell me why balanced scheduling doesn't also mean everybody plays like the same amount of game spans. So I did a little research to see how many different because the Cardinals are in the midst of a 19 day games in a row, and none of those are because of like a rain out and a game game got moved in. So I looked up every other team's. Uh, LA only, ha- and I set the press for parameters for uh, over 15 games straight. LA has one time in August they play 16 games straight. Arizona has two different times: one time is 16 games in August or in June, and 17 in September. San Francisco has zero. They play three or four different times of 13 straight games and one 14 straight games, but no 15 straight. Uh, Philly at one point in time in April had a scheduled 23 straight days of games, but they had two postponements in those 23, but they were scheduled 23 straight Atlanta zero. They've only, they only have 13 games scheduled three different times straight. Everything else is under 13 straight days. Cardinals have 19 and they have a 17 in September. The Cubs have two different 16s. They're in the midst of one right now in May, or getting ready to start one here in May, I should say. Um, and they have one in August. Cincinnati had 20 straight right out of opening day, and that's all they have. 
Cleveland has zero. They have four different times where they play 13 straight. The White Sox just finished a 16 straight games, and they have 15 in August. Um, but yeah, like, why is it? And the reason I, I I was curious about this, so the Cardinals, like I said, are in the midst of a 19-game straight days played. But then they have two straight days off, the last day of May and the first day of June. And I was like, what the heck? Like, That's a weird. What, yeah. Is that a, what, is, what is it, a Monday? No reason. No, I was like, well, you know, I was like, the only other time that that happens is the Cardinals and Cubs have two days off leading into London. Okay. series because they're off on that fr- they're off thursday and they're off friday one for travel one to get you know used to the park but like you know when i thought of a balanced schedule i didn't i didn't really think of the balanced schedule so much as like the the, the game actual time schedule more of like you are going to play i get that but i'm saying like at the point wouldn't that also like mathematically wouldn't you think that would like correlate a little bit more like my point being is like, if I send it at 15, how come some teams never get more than 13? And there's about four teams that have 19, and a lot of teams have at least one 17 straight span. It has, it's probably got to do something with logistics of. Well, it's because it's all built in a computer. They just say, here you go. Yeah. And then it just, you know, makes sense. Optima, I don't know the travel. They're going to screw the middle of the country more because it takes you. It's less time for us to go to to LA than it is for well Boston to go to LA. Yeah, that type of thing. And then you know, it's you also have the if you can't all have the same teams have like the same days off, you know, because you have to play and it's it just the way. But I looked so when I looked at this neat layout i don't think there is two straight months where houston plays six games six games six games and they have an off day whether it's a tuesday or a thursday or a monday or a thursday i'm like what the yeah you know like i just like that's like i just don't like i don't get like how how that ha- like like and the reason the other reason i'm saying that is too is like the Cardinals play, they have a Sunday off because they play Kansas City on a Friday, Saturday. That's odd. That was Sunday off. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just a two game series. Like, well, because so the, that's how they have these two days off because they play Kansas City on Monday and Tuesday next week. So then they're off and they have Wednesday, Thursday off, and then they play Friday. But so, like, why didn't you just give a different off day and put four games together? Yeah, you know, like you have a whole year to put the schedule together. How does stuff like this happen? I don't know. Why? Well, yeah, I, I, not being able to just focus on one team, though. Yeah, you know, that's I think the hard part because it's like, yeah, it would be nice to shift this, but then now shifting that messes with this team and then the following team or the previous team and you know all that. I don't know. Uh, with the algorithms, they can run into a, a computer with AI right now. You would think they'd be able to do that's it. That's what, like, even run, run it eight different. Like, my point is, is you know, they ran it more than just, they didn't just spit out one and say, yep, this is the one. Like, they ran it and then pick through whatever and went, yeah, here you go. Like, maybe separate, like, There's just probably put, four actuaries in a room that came up with it. They went in the first one and said, ah, it's not a beer. <laughs> this. Like, 
<laughs> but in parameters, like there's some, I was also, when I was looking too, there are some days this year that there's actually scheduled double headers, like pre scheduled double headers. For, for who? For, for San Diego was one of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, because they haven't had any postponed games. Let me go to, I, let me go there real quick. That's that's odd if you're just factoring in double headers scheduled too. I don't know why you would Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it like I was just curious, like I was looking ahead of the schedule and then I saw that we were off back to back and I'm like, what the heck? So the, and they were talking about having the nine nine days. Yeah, so at Philly. Again, so these teams only play, they don't, you only go to everybody in your league one time, right? And they come to you once now because of the balance. Yeah. Seeing everybody. So out of the All Star break, San Diego is at Philly on Friday, two games on Saturday, and a game on Sunday. Yeah. I don't know about that. And it was it wasn't the only one that I saw that had that. I wish that was the one that stuck out to me the most. Yeah. But yeah, and like, but think about this. some of these are like the Yankees. The Yankees actually had a really weird. So they had sixteen straight games. They had fourteen straight games a day off, and then sixteen straight games in April, but one got postponed, and then they had a day off, a four game or a six games schedule skid a day off and then 16 more in may a day off and 17 straight in may so they're playing like carrying over a couple days 33 straight days throughout may almost with like one day off the yankees are and again like but you like look at these and like none of these are because of postponements yet that like Days got filled. I don't know. So you're not giving yourself a whole lot of breathing room to like to work this type of stuff in. But I was just curious. It was just kind of looking at it, kind of being like, what the heck? And I kind of wanted to see what you guys thought. Yeah, because you don't see too many like two days off in baseball. No, never. And the scheduled doubleheader kind of throws me off too. Well, know. then a schedule again, you are scheduled to have a Sunday off. Yeah. Like I get like I get it. It's weird to have a Friday off, but the Cardinals and Cubs have a Friday off because they play Saturday, Sunday, and Monday in a month. Yeah. You know, but that's again because they're travel on Thursday, practice at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Friday, and then they play Saturday, Sunday. Was know? it July? No, it's June. It's uh, literally it's it's a month from to this week. Um, It is whatever that week is. It is June twenty fourth and twenty fifth. The London series. I'm gonna make a couple calls and see if I get some hits or something. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, they have two days off there, but yeah, it's just, but again, so the Cardinals month of June, they play six games 
So they play three games. Let me take it back. They're off those double days. They play six games, have a day off. Play six games, have a day off. Play six games, have two days off. Play two games, come back. It's like just how like I don't they don't play they don't play on a Thursday in June until June 29th. Really, days really get away day. Like, think of that. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, and like, there's there are team after team after team that have this happen. Whether it's like some teams don't ha- don't play on a Monday until whatever. Like, they have like four straight Mondays off, or they have four straight whatever. Like, I like mean, it's just it's weird, weird quirks of these schedules that I just don't get. Teams and like they have certain preferences of like. If you're going to have a day off in the week, what day do you we prefer kind of thing? You know, like we're going to factor in no Thursday games and no Monday. Like, here, Matt, for you, no Monday games. The, the White Sox do not play a Monday game in the month of July. And there has to be something behind that. That's just that's not just like a like a the home run derby is on the 10th, but they're off the third. They're off the 17th. They're off the 24th. They're off the 31st. Yeah, it's a little weird. I think it's just this whatever they use this year. Yeah, maybe it didn't work out so well with the balance schedule as they had hoped, you know, because well, I think maybe do you have to get rid of some of these four game series too? Like, yeah. Like, is that some of the th- reason too? You have some of these skill, like, you have some schedules where you're playing two, like, you're cross sign rivals. So instead of playing four straight against the Cubs, you play two here and you play two here. Why not just play four? You know what I mean? Like, why doesn't the MLB just do like rivalry week where the rivalry weekend where every those teams all play their two game sets on Thursday? You know, like between Wednesday and Sunday, they play all four games. Are you guys, you know, you guys could be off on Wednesday and you because you're in town, you play both Thursday through Sunday at both places. Like, do a little bit more to like promote your rivalries too. Yeah, like like Kansas City and St. Louis, you could easily play Thursday, Sunday, play all four games. And it's like that's that's the fun part, I guess, kind of of this balance schedule is you're you're gonna have. I feel like you know some more of the rival rival rivalry games, rival week. <laughs> no, you have less. That's the thing because you're well, like you're playing in your division, right? But not even just that, but like usually when normal interleague stuff was going on, you guys would play six games against each other. Now you're only playing four. No. You know, usually it was three and three. Now it's two and two. Same thing with us and the Royals. I don't know. Like, I know they want to have everybody see everybody, but maybe maybe you lessen all those games to, like, two. And then you add them all into your division. Yeah. I don't know. But, all right, let's move on. Uh, Has anybody – so the Cardinals just played the Cincinnati Reds. Has anybody checked on the Cincinnati Reds' payroll lately? (laughs) (laughs) Was it like zero over the the offseason? It was like – No, well, listen to these. These are guys that they are paying and the amounts they are paying them not to play for them right now. Joey Votto, 60-day DL, 
shoulder injury, $25 million. Mike Moustakis, who is now playing for the Colorado Rockies, they are paying $22 million just not to be on their roster. And they have two more years left of this guy being the third highest paid player on their roster. So Joey Votto would be number one at $25 million. And then they play Will Myers $6 million this year. Their third highest paid payroll right now, if you take out Mostakis for two more years, is 53-year-old Ken Griffey Jr., $3.59 million of deferred money. There you go. I make him get his equipment and play, damn it. <laughs> Come to the stadium, you're playing, bastard. Think about that. <laughs> the Cardinals also played there on Monday night. They had a four-game series there. On Monday night, there was 9,000 people in attendance. Oh, man. 9,000 on a Monday night. This isn't the Wednesday, you know, busman special where the business guys are going down there in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Can we talk about the Reds being bad, like instead of just Oakland with what they do money-wise? I mean, more or less, my point was. Oakland can't go buy a new, new piece of land. They, they screwed up everything they touched. Ken Griffey Jr. is their third highest paid player. Don't you make him play? <laughs> he's, he's not getting, he's not got the Bobby Bonilla deal where it's just like a million, you know, if it's three. It's, something. Well, because they, they, I mean, it, so he signed that in 2000, the 2009 was when he signed that deal. Let me look it up again. 2009, 16 years. Fifty-seven point five. That's what that's what they deferred in two thousand nine, from his nine-year, hundred sixteen and a half million dollar contract that he signed in two thousand with them. Man, these deals. I, it's 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 funny to think about. <laughs> they just. I mean, the White Sox paid him $4 million the next year <laughs> and then bought him out, and he went to play for the Mariners for $2 million the next year. They'll try anything to put a bunch in seats, boy. Yeah, well, they, yeah, he just – He was Kenny Williams' brother, boy, you know. They're pretty tight. We're always the Albert Bell, and then, you know, everybody, everybody too little too late. So, but it's <clears> – Yeah, I, I just thought, you know. They, they were talking about that during the broadcast, and I was like, that can't be real. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, my God, the Cincinnati Reds. And you wonder why you're not competitive. But so on that note. Uh, it gets the Pirates out of basement. They're probably happy. Pirates look like big spenders now. <laughs> yeah. Um, Matt. How do you feel? The Sox have uh, semi turned it around. Yeah, it's sh- shaking some rust loo- rust loose, I guess. I don't know. They're yeah. Hopes to play Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know we've had. Well, they split with Kansas City the six games, mm-hmm. so that's not great. Well, they won the last three, though. Yeah. 
They're losing now, or I think they've maybe already lost. Giolito blew up. Is that game, that game's not over yet? I guess it was five forty, right? Yeah. Yeah, they lost seven two. Yeah, Giolito blew up. Yeah, I don't know. It's I've watched a couple games recently. At least it looks a little bit better. We're starting to get some, you know, get Garrett Crochet coming back. I think Liam Hendricks. That'll be fun to see him come back um, and start pitching again. I, I, you know, just our starting pitching. Kopech last two outings have been strong, seven or eight innings, something like that, with a bunch of strikeouts, no runs. So he's looked a little bit better. I don't know. The team is still just kind of middling. I don't. Louis Robert, look at Jake. Jake Berger's, you know, been dropping some bombs. Jake Berger, yeah. you know where he's from. Yeah. So we, you know, it's showing some life, but I'm still like, it, it, the, the division just is just paltry. So it, they look better than they really are. But I mean, this both central divisions are just kind of ooh, not looking so good. Hey, you speak for yourself. We got two teams over 500. Yeah. <laughs> not, uh... Well, yeah, there was a point last week I brought it up uh, to Keith and Dave. Um, at one point, the Central Division was like 2 and 35 combined in their last 37 games or something like that for the, for the NL. It was not good. It was not good. Like the Cardinals, it was when the Cardinals had lost like part of their not eight straight that they had lost, and the Cubs were like two and eight. In their last games every night. Yeah. They were two and eight in their last ten, and the Brewers had just gotten, yeah. the Brewers had just gotten swept by the Rockies, and the Mariners, and then the Pirates were destroyed by the Rays and somebody else, and yeah. But yeah, um, I mean, to your point, Matt, yeah. The only way the White Sox makes win or make the playoffs is if they close this six game uh, division lead because it's never good when you're more games out of the wild card than you are your division. They're eight and a half games out of the wild card and six games out of the division. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I I do kind of wish I don't know like there's this like glimmer of hope right that just makes me believe they're going to make all the wrong decisions near the trade deadline and it's not going to make any sense in the coming years. So I, I wish it was one way or the other. I wish they would really start to play good baseball and not just kind of look slightly better and still hanging around with other shitty teams in our division, or they just bomb and, you know, trade away. some players. I, I don't like this gray area, this purgatory of, we had this conversation last week about the Cubs, and I told I texted yeah. in the group after I said, Jed Hoyer is now smiling that the Cubs blew that four-run lead or whatever it was, or three-run lead in the ninth, because now it buys you a couple of wins against some of these bad teams to still stay under 500 or right around 500 because you blew the – you got swept by the Astros type of – you know, because if the worst thing for the Cubs to have happen is, yeah, sitting a game out, at like 500 or a little above 500. Now, what do you do with Bellinger? At the, at the, de- mean, at the deadline. Yeah, you can't sell. You probably have to go buy or your fan base is. I mean, right now, if we were to bought a couple of relief pitchers, we'd be over 500. But is it real or is it an illusion? If you're buying a 37-year-old relief pitcher, now's not the time. Because when I, I mean, 
Now, this, this isn't 2016. It's not even 2015. No. It's, it's, 2000, it's 2014, basically, in our old timeline. Yeah. That's time to be, you know, spending, but you get that false hope, and then you look up and you see Milwaukee sucks, and, you know, you guys are off to your worst start in how long, and although you're playing well now, you're, you're not 10 games up right now or anything like that. So, I mean, it's, it's there for the day, no, but, but they have if the whole if the score stands today, Milwaukee's down one nothing. The Cardinals would have since May or since May seventh, they were ten and a half games back. They would be five games back. They have trimmed at five and a half games in what is that? Twelve. 14 days, whatever, 15 days. Well, in, in, in the Central, all you got, if you, you win a few series in a row, then you, you're gold. 18 days. Yeah. My bad. My math is off. You lose together. You know, it's yeah, not happening. Nobody. Well, the Cardinals now get to go play the uh, Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, are losing left and right lately. Yeah. Yeah, the the Sox just like, took them. Yeah. The Sox took their measure. Yeah, for sure they were going to run away with this the way they played last year, and they have not looked anything like last year at all. Yeah, don't yeah, worry. If you're, get, if you're looking for a second baseman, there's one in Iowa right now. We get Shane. We get Shane Bieber on the bump tomorrow, so I'm sure we'll, you know somehow yeah. he'll come back to form just for tomorrow. The White Sox uh, got his number last outing, so who knows? You know, we're not hitting anything. So. Yeah, but you know, he's going to light us up because it's the the <laughs> trade piece that everybody in St. Louis media wants them to go get. So he's going to end up tearing it up and they're going to be like, see, this is why you need to go get him, blah, blah, blah. Hey, guys. Want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, sportsdividedsn.com, and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. Let me ask you a question, Rick. Shilton, as a manager, what did you think of him? He's old school. I mean, he wanted it a certain way, and Mo Zalock wanted it his way, and that's why Mike Schultz got fired. I mean, his name's come up a couple of times here. Mike Schultz. I don't think Chicago will like him. Mike Schultz is Tony Larusa 2.0. Plain, that's the easiest way to describe him. He is Tony Larusa 2.0. I I don't I don't know if many I don't know if he will get hired as a manager ever again though. I think most of these organizations aren't they want guys that'll be more numbers based, less gut feel, and he doesn't want anything to do with numbers. Numbers are like no, everything is gut. I think I was, so. I was listening to the score the other day. They had Ozzy uh, Guillera, and he was on a rant about no. Yeah, you, know, you take all that numbers shit and just throw it in the garbage can, set it on fire. Nobody manages by that. You can't win by that crap. So like, wow, <laughs> I've heard some guys against him, but never that much. Yeah, well, well I, I, that's a, that's a perfect example. Is Ozzy Guillen like he won't get another managerial job? It has nothing to do with his attitude. It's because, like, I'm surprised Franconis lasted as long as he has because he doesn't exactly go numbers. You know, 
in Cleveland. No, no, he's definitely an old school guy. But there's not many of them left. I embrace some of it though. You can't like you can't be left or right. You know what I mean? You have to be like at least you can lean. I'm gonna be old school, not care about the numbers, but you have to have guys in your squad that do, and you do play them. Well, it also depends on how you have got like if you if your management builds a roster that relies on these splits, you have to only go that way. Like Atlanta is one of the best teams in the league because I don't think they're really built on analytical splits. They're just built with good ball players. And so Snicker can use analytics to help him, but like analytics aren't telling their story because they don't have to, because they don't have guys that that's all they worry about type. You know, if that makes sense, like I think it also to your point, Matt, like depends on how your roster is built with whether you have to like actually adhere to those numbers or it can go off of gut plus numbers. And I don't think there's many rosters right now that are built for numbers, just supporting stuff. I think most of these rosters in the major leagues are built for these are the numbers. And this is what you have to do with these numbers. Cause otherwise your other guy can't go against those numbers. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's the Tampa Bay race. I mean, yeah. up, right. You watch it. It's like, wow, this guy's on like a four or six game hitting streak with three home runs. And now he's sitting. Why is he sitting? Like, oh, because all, like in the lineup, you know, well, like, like we, we talked about it last week. I, so Nolan Gorman is currently on a 15 game hit streak and he, he is tied for the only guy beside behind. Well, he was tied with him now. I don't know how many RBIs Alonzo has. So there's two guys with 40 RBIs in the MLB right now. It's Nolan Gorman and Pete Alonzo. What is it? Th- what does Garcia have? The Texas Rangers outfielder. I don't think he's uh, sorry. I should say national league. I don't know about the American league, but point being is Nolan Gorman until two, until they played the Dodgers had four bats all year against left-handed pitching. Cause he's a left-handed batter. Yeah. But he was, he, and I looked, so after today, he got a two out RBI today. So he leads the league, leads all of the majors in RBIs in the eighth inning or later with 19. The next closest is five behind him. He's tied for second in all of the majors with two out RBIs with 20. Adolis Garcia has 25, and Jordan Alvarez also has 20. Coming into these games, whatever they're doing tonight, I don't know. But as a platoon guy, and it's like we're sitting here in St. Louis like, just play the guy against lefties. Sure enough, they start him against the lefty because whatever they just decided to takes Jose Urias deep, then hits second one against the Dodgers. It's like he's got two home runs this past weekend against left-handed pitcher. It's like, hello, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah, stop with the number game. Just play him. Now, if now if it's the other way around, and you know, it's like he's just bombing right-handers, and then left-handers, he can't hit him, save his life. There was a yeah, then fine, you know, then you sit him, but at least, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt until he's proven otherwise. But that's well, what the numbers let you do. You're like, nope, you're better against this guy. That's all you're doing. Well, that's what, so that's why he was last year. He really couldn't hit lefties. But this year he had completely like, like he struggled with the high fastball last year from both righties and lefties. This year, completely different. Like went from hitting 210, 220, whatever he is. Right now in – in his last 15 games during this hit streak, he's hitting 373 or 377. Hmm. Like, but he's hitting 298, I think, on the season. It's like, 
Dude, the guy figured something out. Give him a give him a chance to hit against a lefty. Like, and know that he's going to be against a lefty, not like, oh, he was coming in to pitch hit against a righty and they brought a lefty in to face him type of thing. Like, but yeah, to, to your point, like analytics just, sometimes there's just too much to it. And sometimes it's all about a feel. Yeah. But so, Dave, the question I have for you, How do you feel about Kyle Hendricks? I feel like this question was a lot better when I wrote it, when it was, uh, he was one, two hits and one run through three innings when I first wrote that question. And now I would, it's... I would like to, without seeing the actual pitching, it's hard to say. I mean, it's, you know, he, he didn't walk a shitload of people that time. It's his first, the first shot back. I mean, I'd give him at least one more. At this point, I mean, they weren't counting on to be anything other than a fifth starter. I mean, so it's, you know, give it a shot. Yet there's two guys that are, that are ready today at AAA, but you know they're holding off and of, of stuff like that. And you know, so just you wait with with Hendricks and see what he got next time. I mean, it's, I mean, he's is any worse than Tyon. Well, that's what is that who who was supposed to start today? Tyon. Was it, I didn't know if it was Tyon or was Necky. Yeah, it was Tyon. Wesneski's in the minors. Okay, so they see. I don't. I don't pay attention to transactions. Yeah, he's so down. So, and, and he needs until he gets his control back. He's not a guy that can miss the strike zone. He, uh, so we'll see what happens with him. You know, at least. But you know, Stroman's pitching well right now. Smiley's out of his mind. And so it's. As they're in, you know, and, and the guy that can't get any recognition. I mean, Justin Steele, who's got the second best record in baseball from the All Star game last year to now, wow. the second lowest ERA. ESPN does the top 10 pitchers in baseball, doesn't even name him as an honorable mention. No, it was MLB. It was MLB, not ESPN. I mean, what a bunch of assholes. I mean, are you not watching anything? Yeah, it's so it's. it's Surprisingly, it was. I wonder if they forgot to throw up there that as you sent that was it all American League pitchers? Did they forget to maybe label it as? Well, I think Kershaw was on it. I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Okay, no, it was yeah. Gallons on there. Strider, Sonny Gray, Cole. Tommy Gray. I mean, seriously. This year is he's he's been pretty good. Different, yeah. yeah. Pretty pretty good though, is it Justin Steele? I mean, it's he, he's a little bit way better than pretty good. Well, so I wonder though, like, is this something is this something they do every week? So like is it a week by week thing to where like Steele got roughed up against the Cardinals a little bit and then semi roughed up against the Astros and because of that, he fell out of it for this. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder what their scope of because it says right now. He pitched, he what pitched right one now. game with the flu, gives up three earned runs, and suddenly he's not any good anymore. No, but you I'm just saying, like, you know, that, I'm he's, say, he's just saying like his nausea. Right? Like, did 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 Sonny Gray have a 
two two games where he pitched one a shutout, you know, six innings, seven innings shutout. Well, Steel's ERA is still below two. Yeah. Yeah. No, but, I know. So Sonny Gray had his last couple outings. He gave three, one, two, and two. So, you know, where Steele gave up a three and a five and a, you know, so yeah. it's probably so slightly higher over the stretch. And that's so that's what I'm like. I wonder, is it like my point is is do they throw this out there every week? And it's just purely based off of this past week. Here's where we have every, you know what I mean? Like, and steel fell out of it for this week. Like, cause yeah, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. That's why I, there's I one wish... bad week in a year. And, and, and all of a sudden he's, he's not considered up there anymore. I mean, it, I mean, it isn't like he's just done it for six games or whatever it case may be. It's a solid year. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, come on. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what else he needs to do, but you no, know, I'm I'm glad to have him, so I don't give a shit. But it's uh it was kind of amazing and you know, just fun right now to watch uh old Chris Morrell out there and just having to having the best in the time of his life every time he plays. I mean, you gotta root for the kid. So that is something that they do weekly on MLB Central, their morning show. And the past four weeks, Justin Steele was inside their top seven. So it was just for that pure that week where whoever put it together. So it's purely based off of that week's that last week's performance. And so Gallon being number one is probably because he went out there and had like 22 strikeouts or something and two starts because he's been ridiculous lately with that. But um but yeah, let's well, move on. Make, what do you make of morale for two guys that don't walk because that often? I mean, right now it's what nine homers in fifteen games. I was lucky enough to grab him on my fantasy baseball team before he was hot, and I've been riding it ever since. So I, I'm trying to wonder if I need to, I need to jump ship. If it's, I mean, he can't keep this up, right? Well, and no, he's not going to hit 400. I mean, <laughs> that's not, not going to happen. But. His strikeout rate is not very good. So um, I don't know. That's but it's it's been fun. I don't know. It's been fun though. Well, well, here's the here's the other thing. Here's why I asked about Sheldon. So you got you got Morrell just ripping the cover off the ball. Everything he he has is squared up. You know, is it you know in pounding and stuff. And Ross bats from bats from eight. Behind, you know, behind um, Matsubwani and uh, <laughs> come on, you know, Master Master Boney or whatever. Master Boney. You know, so he's got him behind him and Mickey two strikes or Mickey three strikes as he's known now. <laughs> and, uh, well, I mean, to an extent though, he was what was he zero for eight or whatever when he was hitting in the in place of corner. So maybe it's a thing where they're well, like, you know, lead off. That, well, there's another thing. He's not a lead off hitter. But that, but that's why. So maybe he's like, I'm gonna keep you down at the bottom of the order because maybe, yeah, maybe. Like- Maybe you, maybe as Morrell, you put too much pressure on yourself to, to swing for the fences when you're inside that top five or whatever. Games, I want somebody on base, you know. And there were, you know, when he was batting him in the order, hey, nobody on base. You know, it's the bottom of the order struggling as it is. But I mean, but so who are you going to replace? Where are you going to put him in? Hap spot at three and Suzuki spot at four? No, I put it. I put him like in five or six. Not, but that, I mean, for a while that was Bellinger before he got hurt. You know what I mean? Like, well, so yeah, that's the whole point. Left right, left right, yeah. But you know, Bellinger's been out for 
a week or ten days now, and yeah, you know, it's, it's still they still not hitting there. Well, Suzuki's hot on his own. Leave Suzuki alone. He's doing he's doing just fine the last three weeks as well. Yeah, recently he's been doing good. You know, you, know, you get that that hole in, the, in your side. That's what worried me a little bit when uh, when Horner went out, and they mentioned he had tweaked the side. I went, oh crap. Luckily, it, it was not. Yeah, it was a hamstring thing, right? Yeah, yeah it turned out to be. It was against the Cardinals. He pulled up. Yeah, because yeah. originally they said it was you know they thought it was his side before it was his leg, and I, all I kept thinking of was it cost Suzuki six weeks. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys, you know. So, to the Suzuki thing, I feel like he might be the type of player that doesn't have a great pain tolerance either, though. So, like, oh, no, I, I would, yeah, he, that six weeks probably could have been a lot less. <laughs> that six weeks could have probably been a lot less for somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like he I heard might, Isaac Gia the other day when he was, when he was ripping. You wonder why he didn't get the job, huh? Um, ripping his socks. They're talking about oh, well, <laughs> the whole the whole injury thing. I yeah, and the White Sox uh, day to day means uh, three weeks of surgery. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the last the the other thing I was going to ask was. Before we get into the power rankings, who who's been the biggest bust of a signing so far this year of the big money guys? Trey Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's... for what he got at his age. Yeah, yeah. So Trey Turner is uh, hitting two forty five. OBP of 290, uh, five home runs, 13 RBIs. I mean, it's not, it's not that awful, but not what you would expect him to be at. Mm-hmm. And with 10 years left on his contract, now we expect him to be at. <laughs> Even like Carlos Correa. That's what, so that's the guy I was. Well, there's, the, well, there's a runner up. Yeah. <laughs> six, home, six home runs, 24 RBIs, hitting 213, OBP of 302, and just got, uh, Shelved for uh, plantar fasciitis in his left foot. For his foot, is this the foot that was the problem? I'm was... thinking this is the foot. Now it's coming. This is the foot. That... The foot from college or whatever. No, the foot that failed the physical in San Francisco, and the foot that failed the physical in New York. Yeah. What? what, what if, I mean, here's another guy. What's what? Sorry. Xander Bogart's seven home runs, 19 RBIs, hitting 254. Yeah. <laughs> He started out better, but he uh, he's he's tapered off here. Uh, what what is Dansby Swanson doing? I haven't even looked at his. Stance. It's not horrible, but it's not that bad. But it's not. He doesn't have a lot of problems yet. Who's he the home run today? Who's the best of that bunch? Like out of those those shortstops that all signed this last year. Going into this year, I, I tell you, I like Swanson's glove. You know, stuff like that. he's. You know, I look at Swanson. If he get two seventy five, then bring you home twenty home runs with the defense he plays. He's the guy. He was the youngest in the bunch. Also, he's the guy I wanted. Yeah, 
No, Swanson has so, five home runs, 21 RBIs, hitting 265. I mean, this is, you know, and I'll tell you what, when he and Horner are in together, that's a, that's a double play combination for the next six or seven years. You think Horner would ever uh, slide over to short and they switch to be the second? <laughs> I, I, Horner could play short. They prove that probably, so if, gonna, if they do that, Dansby would probably be more of a third baseman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would assume. Yeah, there's a couple of kids, you know, again, 18, 19-year-olds. We'll see if they pan out. What, what's what's Morell's, like, what's his n- number one position? That is, that's the problem with Morell. Yeah. Like, what is he? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is it, outfield, he's an outfielder by trade. Yeah. But is he a center fielder? Can he even play right, though? I don't he's, played, he's played center. He's played right. He's played left. Played them, yeah. But he won't kill you in any of them. Yeah, but he won't. He's not going to save you when he runs in any of them either. Yeah. I mean, I thought, quite frankly, I thought he played a decent third base. Yeah, decent. For me, he just is like a guy that like he doesn't have a defensive position. Like he's 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 a DH. He's a but he's not he doesn't but he doesn't have like I don't know if you want to have him be your everyday DA. You know what I mean? Like well, I'd like to see his speed on, on the bases. That's the other one. Yeah, he's fast. You know, so I'd love to see him on the bases. I just like you, I I he doesn't have in the spot. Like said, he's not gonna kill you anyway. You know, but you know, it's just, it doesn't take much. I mean you know, is I mean the team's built to play defense, so you you you've got to be able to do it. That the reason he was down beginning of the year, I mean he was still he's got twenty home runs if you count minor leagues right now. And so uh, is the fact that you don't just plug him in and play him anywhere. Is you know center field, right or left field? Left field probably is the place to hide him. Where he won't. So you know, then, what do you do with Ian Happ? He's not a boy, you know that type of thing. So then, what do you do with Ian Happ? Well, that's the problem. Happ's got to play out there. You know, you know how Morrell can probably help the Cubs the most. I'll keep hitting like that and bring you a starting pitcher. Trade? No, you don't even have to hit like that anymore. Just whip them now, (laughs) or something. (laughs) Like that's probably how he actually helps the Cubs the most. I, I I don't. I don't disagree because he's not um, – oh, God, uh, the guy from Kansas City. Solaire. Uh, they, they came here. Oh, they came Zobrist? Zobrist. He's not Zobrist to the fact that Zobrist was actually a plus defender in some of the spots that were out there. Morrell's not going to be a plus defender in any of them. Yeah, Zobrist at second base was good. Yeah, and Morrell plays second, and, you know, it's okay. But you know, if you if you look at, again the way they're built, they're built to have Horner at second and, and Swanson at short, so that you know you got a lot of ground ball pitchers like Stroman and stuff. That's that's where you want them. So you don't you don't want Morale second. I mean, I, I I it's a problem you know not to have a position. Lucky that the DH exists. You know, that's that'll bail you out at least you know here and there. So to your same point, to your point about uh, Christian Morale with with uh, is this sustainable? 
the same kind of conversation is going on uh, with a former all-star here in St. Louis and Paul DeYoung. So Morales got 56 at bats. He's got nine home runs, 15 RBIs. We already read Dansby Swanson, five RBIs and 189 at bats. Carlos Correa, six home runs and 169 at bats. Uh, Bogart, seven home runs and one 185 at bats. Troy, Trey Turner, five home runs and 208 at bats. Paul DeYoung here in St. Louis has eight home runs, 18 RBIs, and 89 at bats. But Paul DeYoung, the past two years, has also been sent to the minors to work on his swing. So that whole same concept of like, is is this sustainable? Like, where's the actual level? Now, granted, these are the numbers that Paul DeYoung was hitting at before. So it's it's really weird with Paul DeYoung. He was a 2019 All-Star, right? Well, he fell off the table at the end of 2019 when they uh, hired Jeff Albert as their hitting coach. Um, and then the past four years, Jeff Albert has been the hitting coach and left after the last season to go be the Mets hitting coach. And now all of a sudden, Paul DeYoung is hitting at the same clip he was hitting before Jeff Albert was here. Hmm. Yeah, and I, and I noticed, uh, what's his name, the second baseman for the Mets that's been hitting 350 every year? It's hitting more like 250 this year. Uh, McNeil? Yep. Yeah. So your hitting coach may have brought his skill, brought his skills to New York. <laughs> well, so the thing with it, Albert is so back to well, Brown and all back to earlier is so analytically driven, and Paul DeYoung is already analytically driven. He's he uh, graduated from Illinois State with uh, what was it? Actuary. <laughs> um. I want to see, let me see. Uh, he's a biochem, pre-med biochem. Oh, there you go. Okay. So he's a guy who likes to overthink a lot of stuff anyway. So then he was also probably getting all this extra stuff from Jeff Albert. And then he was like the type of guy, he was behind on every fastball, but he was ahead on every slider. It was like he was in between everything for the past three years. And all of a sudden now it's, Going the other way with a slider, driving fastballs. Like, well, I don't think you know, that's one of the things. I don't think you can have one hitting coach on the team. You know, one, one size doesn't fit all time. Thing. I mean, you know, I, I remember we go back to the days, even like, you know, the Charlie Lows in the world, you know, hitting the one hand hitting and stuff. That works real well for some guys. And for other guys, it just kills them. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it, you need more than one viewpoint to help you out and keep the city focused. I think not only that, you just need more than one voice too. Like, like sometimes you get tired of hearing the same voice trying to preach. Like, some people just don't know how to teach a different to a different. You know, like I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, so should be another hitting coach, right? I mean, your what manager should be a hitting coach, right? Well, you would think either your manager, your bench coach, or one of your base coaches. Yeah, something like you know. I mean, so for the Cardinals, they have. Ali Marmel, who hasn't really done, he's been a coach his whole life because he got hurt when he was younger in the minors for the Cardinals. But you have Joe McEwing, decent, you know, MLB career. 
Uh, you have Willie McGee on your bench. You know, two guys you could go to. But, yeah, no, to that point. So they used to have a guy, Mark Budaskis. They called him Buddha, was the assistant hitting coach back in 2019, the first half of the year. And apparently, due to philosophy differences, they let him go at the All-Star break, and Jeff Albert became the sole hitting coach, and then that's when Paul DeYoung fell off the face of the earth. Now they have Turner Ward, who uh, Turner Ward is quoted. This will tell you how he sees baseball. Uh, we just need to be gooder hitters. Gooder hitters. <laughs> he was an old school guy, right? Like, gooder hitters. Like, jokingly saying it, but, like, I think to his point was, like, we don't need all this BS number stuff. We just need to be better hitters. Like, whatever, however we need to be gooder, that's what we need to do. And for Paul DeYoung, it's, he's figured it out a little bit. And before I forget, I was thinking about, I, I listened to a sport the other day, the Cubs for space coach, Willie Harris, got a son who was a quarterback in Florida. He's transferred to Mizzou. He was, uh, him and Richardson, I guess, have been buds most of their life. The, the quarterback out of Florida, I guess he didn't feel like he got a fair opportunity. He, he said he ignored Richardson again. What he thought were the right opportunities down there, but some of the guys they played by. But I heard he, he transferred to Mizzou. Oh, I don't know. Didn't hear that, but whatever. We lost six, a couple of quarterbacks. Six, we six, lost a quarterback. 6'4 four and, six, four and 235, and mostly runs like the wind. And Willie Harris? Wasn't Willie Harris like 5'8, Matt? No, Willie Harris is a pretty good sized guy. No, no, he was small. Yeah, Willie Harris is a small guy. Well, this guy's big. Five nine. Yeah. Five, yeah. Well, there's so many. <laughs> they said him and Richardson are built very similar, supposedly. Huh. Um you have to keep your eyes open. Yeah, well, they just lost a quarterback, uh, because the quarterback said nobody from Missouri's ever played in the NFL. So then Eli Drinkwitz got a little petty on Twitter and posted a picture of uh quarterback Mizzou legacy that had Brad Smith, Chase Daniel, Blaine Gabbert, Drew Locke, all guys that play in the NFL. But yeah, let's move on to our power rankings. Um, so let's see here. So our power rankings this week. The one thing I noticed right away, I might, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay no longer has the biggest run differential. Uh, yeah, that is now. Uh, no, they still do. 112 to 111, at least when they did it this morning. Oh, I might. I, when I did it, I did it. Uh, I updated that. Closer, so they must have they won today. I'm guessing because they're at 114 right now. Yeah. And then on the other end, you have Oakland at minus 183. <laughs> it's, it's so sad. It really is. <laughs> and then you know what's really sad though? The St. Louis Cardinals have the fourth most runs scored. In the in the majors this year at 263, the run differential is only 14. 
Yeah. Pitching. Steven Matz, great signing. Cardinals are two and eight in games that Steven Matz starts this year. Steven Matz hasn't won a game since uh, July of last year for the St. Louis Cardinals. So we'll start him right after Tyon. But anyways, our, uh, 16 wins last year, he's got none. <laughs> well, he played for the Yankees, that's why. For the first time, I think, ever in our power rankings, this team shows up at number 10, the Los Angeles Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> Shohei and Mike Trout. Will they make the playoffs this year? Probably not, because I don't know if they're going to win the division. Yeah, probably not. They're not going to hit the wild card. They're not going to win that division. Number nine, for the first time ever, the Arizona Diamondbacks. The uh, third best team in the National League. It's still holding strong, too. I mean, they're still yes. holding, I think, but, man, yeah, you're buying that gallon and all that. It's just, yeah. yeah. At number eight, I don't know how these guys are here. Uh, I think it's because analytical stats, really, they do well with it. It's the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, because I've seen them play a couple of times. I've well, we, we all had them. I had them uh, getting 18 points. You both had them getting 19 points. But, yeah, they get helped out by uh, their their pitching numbers drive them up a lot. Yeah, I mean, that's a 500 club if I ever saw one. Yeah. Might be good enough, but that is enough. Yeah, they're pitching number, control. <laughs> number seven is the Houston Astros. You hear the drums now. Yep. Number six is the fourth best team in the uh, <laughs> AL East, the New York Yankees. Oh, they moved up to third, didn't they? I thought they're third now. Yeah, are they? they? Moved up to third. Yeah, <laughs> the Red Sox. Yeah, so it's Rays, Orioles, Yankees. So they're climbing. Six and a half games out of the race. Whatever. All I know is Toronto. Is last in the league or last in the division, and they're still what three games over 500, something like that. Right now, they're just one 26, 25, whatever. They just put oh, they lost today 6 3. They put an absolute beat down the other night on Tampa, too. Scored only first team to 20 runs in a game. They're like Blue Jays, two teams, you know, like they can look like they can beat the world, and then that's right, goes out there and looks like trash. I forgot my Cy Young pick of Alex Manoa looked like hot garbage today. That's right. They did lose. <laughs> Gave up six runs and three innings. If, if there's anybody at this pitch clock is affected more, it's, I, I can't. You missed the conversation. It's the big guys. Yeah, it has to be. It's the big guys and the max effort guys. Blake Snell, max effort guy. Yeah. Not doing great. The big guys, Lance Lynn, Alex Manoa, Noah Syndergaard. Not doing great. Uh, number five. I am surprised how low this team is. It is the Birds of Baltimore. Birdland. You're still having a hard time believing they're, they're there, but they're every week you look up and the record gets better. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, I mean, they have the second most wins in all of major leagues when I did this at 32 behind the Rays of 37. Great, right? But it's their offense. It's pretty good. 
The pitching's just young. I mean, they've got if they want to call up some guys, they can Jason Rodriguez, they can be uh they'll be scared. Both for a their, while. their farm club is still near the, you know in the in the top third. Oh, they still have they still have uh three of the top ten, I think. Yeah. So a couple pitchers and and Jackson Holiday will be inside that top top ten real quick too. Uh, number four, the Atlanta Braves. Number three, the LA Dodgers. Number two is a team that I still don't believe will last. It's the Texas Rangers. And number one, the Tampa Bay Rays. They've they've been good all year so far. The Rangers. I mean, they've it, little dips here and there, but they've been pretty solid the whole year. Yeah, but all they have are guys that are giantly injury prone. Yeah. So eventually. In my eyes, that's gonna catch. It's gonna catch up, like the Grom, John Gray, Corey Seager. Corey is he even playing? He's still out. I think he's still out. Hurt. But they got guys like was it Josh Young or whatever his name is, the rookie, and I just don't like. The Rangers have been, had this hype for a long time about these guys and. I just don't know if I believe that it's actually there, but I mean, they're 31 and 18. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I think, like, I think they just beat the Pirates, I believe. See, they were just playing. Yeah, they, they took two or three from the Pirates. They swept the Rockies. They like the thing is, is they played four, five, six, seven. We took two out of three off the Rangers. I mean, they've they played 13 games against the Royals and A's, though, this year already. The Rockies are horrible. And, and they played three against the Rockies. Chris Bryant is horrible. Come on. It's just it's exactly what he wanted. He wanted to just go disappear in the mountains somewhere, make a bunch of money, and nobody talks about him. That's what he wanted. And somehow the he, Reds he's stealing money right now. Yeah. The Reds swept them too. <laughs> the Rockies? No. Rangers. The Rangers, yeah. But yeah, so they, they just came off of this is their this is their May so far. Three against the Angels, three against the Mariners, four against the Athletics, three against the Braves, uh, three against the Rockies, three against the Pirates. And we took two out of three. Guess who lost the game? Who started? Mr. 0 7. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I also, what's up with the Phillies? Like, was last year just like a mirage? It almost seems like. Or what's up with that division? I thought this division was going to have, one of my bold predictions was this division was going to have three teams of 95 wins plus. Yeah, the Phillies, I, I don't know. I mean, even you thought when, when, Bryce Harper got back. Things were going to kind of go from there, and they haven't done much. 
And and I know Schwarber is not doing much either. And I think they're Nola, they're you know, ace pitcher. He, he hasn't had that great of a year. <clears throat> kind of a whole bunch of meh. So the last thing I had before, if you guys have anything, while I was researching the schedules this today, I also looked at how many teams have winning records above five hundred of, of against teams above five hundred. Uh, anybody want to guess at how many there are? Winning record is team or How many teams over 500? I mean, there aren't winning records of, of against teams that are above 500. Oh, okay. All right. How many teams over 500 are there? <laughs> Almost half. It's, 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 it's not been that off. Can I do that little number thing? Um, okay. Yeah, maybe there's more than I thought for some reason. I don't know where I went. There's a lot of teams, one, two, or three over. I mean, the others. 15, yeah, so you're about half, yeah, okay. <clears throat> what do you work against five? That's, that's a good one. For six. Wow. Hmm. The Arizona Diamondbacks, the Milwaukee Brewers, the Houston Astros, the Texas Rangers, the Baltimore Orioles, and the Tampa Bay Rays. That's not many. No, I mean, is, is that is that just speak to, like... There's not as much parity as you actually think, or, like... Yeah, or, well, no, I mean, maybe... Or the I mean, as in, like, the bottom teams are bottom, bottom teams, like... yeah. Like here, so the White Sox are nine and twenty-two against teams above five hundred. What's that? Nine and twenty against teams above five hundred are the White Sox. <laughs> the Royals are six and twenty-six. Yeah. The Seattle Mariners are seven and fourteen. Um, the Mets have only played twelve games currently right now, because the way schedules fluctuate. They're five and seven against teams above 500. And the Mets themselves are at 500. Uh, the Reds are eight and 14. Just the Cubs are 11 and 13. The Cardinals are 15 and 20. The Rockies are eight and 15. And then there's the Oakland Athletics who are six and 33 against teams over 500. Thanks. The haves and the have nots. Um, but yeah, so what happened? What is more likely to happen? Oakland to uh Vegas? No, 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 no. Um, Oakland to win more than 40 games 
for Tampa to lose less than 40 games. Right now, if on pace, Tampa is on pace to lose 47 games. Oakland is on pace to win 32 games. God. Uh, man, I can't see Oakland. You're saying or, uh, the Rays went in. 122. Like, that's not going to happen. I mean, right now they're on, they're playing seven twelve ball. Do that math. It's one fifteen. No, but yeah, I just, eventually you're gonna you're gonna come up with a force, a few sore arms and a few things. I mean, it's a lot. If they don't, what if they don't because of the way they handle everything? Yeah, I mean that's that's all part of their you know like like as in they just replace the guy and they don't miss a beat type of not not that they don't have guys come up sore. But because of the way they just rotate guys through, they just go to the next guy and nothing affect. Like, well, if they were a hockey team, they'd win 122 games and they go out in the first round. You know, <laughs> that's. I mean, what was it? The record's 116 by the 0101 Mariners, right? Is that the year yep. I think? And they lost in the first first round. Yep. I, I just think there's a better probability of a team that's doing good just not playing as well. Than there is for a really bad team to like start playing better because <laughs> I'm not, not sure I'd bet on Oakland to win 40 games if they moved them to Triple A. You can't play so if you're playing your best right now and you suck. Like you, you can't. <laughs> bet, but I think the Rays could could play worse. <laughs> they're not losing close games when they're down. They had a negative 200 run differential already. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they're not one hit away from any old wins. No. And even if they were, they probably wouldn't be getting that hit. So <laughs> yes, it is a bad team. The Rays still have 14 games with the Athletics, Royals, and Tigers. That's not even counting that they still have six games with the Guardians and four games with the Mariners who apparently the Mariners have decided they might already be packing it in for the year too. Yeah, I know. That's kind of sad. Look what happened to Julio Rodriguez. And Oh, I take that back. They have seven games with the Mariners. So they have 21 games between the Royals, Mariners, Tigers, and Athletics. Of the remaining schedule. And they are uh what? So 122 minus 37. They're only 85 wins away from only losing 40 games. And 21 of those games are against some of the worst teams in the league. So 64 competitive games left. <laughs> Like, is it realistic? Like, deep down, is it realistic? That they, like that, the, that they can get to one – is it realistic that they can get to 115, which is their clip right now? The race, sure. I mean, but – Some of those teams are going to play aren't going to get any better. I were a betting man, though. I'd... Some of them are going to get worse. 
And some of them might fall off completely. I mean, the Padres, you never know what they could do. They could decide to sell, sell, sell. Are the Padres the second highest payroll behind the Mets? Um, I don't believe so. Let's see. Uh, the second highest payroll. No, is a New York Yankee. So Mets three sixty four, New York Yankees two seventy nine, Padres two forty five, Phillies two forty three, Dodgers two twenty seven, Angels two fifteen, uh, Blue Jays two thirteen, Braves two a one. Anybody want to venture a guess of who is the highest payroll out of our three teams? Stocks. They do. Yeah. 186. Mm-hmm. Cubs 182. The Cardinals 160. Yeah, because the Rockies are picking up a big chunk of that. No, that's over with. That's over with. <laughs> No, it's just because Arenado's restructured contract when he decided to opt in is only $13 million this year, and Wilson Gutierrez is only 10 this year. Mm. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, anybody got anything else before we wrap this one up? We can probably wait when we want to talk more about football, but the, the kickoff – Rule change. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna try to stay away from. Yeah, when we bring up more, we I was I knew when we built out today, we had more. Obviously, with we are gonna we have a topic with Keith that we want everybody here to discuss. So you have to you have to wonder you know. eventually is are they just gonna do wait to kick off? That's I mean, what's well, the point? They would have gone. I mean, they want to, but they I just feel like they they can't. You know, so but that's that's basically what they're doing. Like what's the it's, point? They're gonna how many? Well, so then when what's what's a kicker worth? Like then why don't you just start having a punter slash kicker, one guy, one roster spot? Well, you think you should at that point? I mean, I mean all these all these teams are cutting their kickers anyways and wishing them good luck and whatever on Twitter lately. They're getting outrageous. Yeah. No, but yeah, we're gonna talk a little bit more NFL, probably. Probably the next next week or week after that, kind of when OTAs open a bit, and just to see, you know, maybe try to get ahead of uh, our scheduling predictions this year instead of cramming it in the week the week before. Maybe kind of maybe we'll go in a little bit more of a division by division breakdown of like, you know, whatever. At least NFC wise, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, though that was that was something that I have written down for potentially to talk about next week. But I also was gonna wait until like it's not official yet though, right? They haven't official they're just talking about voted on it, right? So voted to make yet another it says significant change to the way the kickoffs are conducted. So I don't know if it's if it's no, they, they, yeah, and the NFL owners pass rule to place the ball at 25. But so now doesn't that then become whether the players vote on it too? Maybe, yeah, I don't know. 
or is that not part of the probably have to be a CBA, you would think. That's what I don't, but I don't know if like there are only certain things that go to the PA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't I don't know the ins and outs of their deal as much type of stuff. But yeah, I mean they're you know changing everything and Goodell's gonna get a new contract and you know it's all all gravy for the NFL right now. But yeah, we'll we'll touch on that all probably next week. Cause we will have one series to talk about when it comes to NBA and NHL and then it's just baseball. So yeah, we'll probably get in a little bit more NFL, maybe, maybe talk a little bit more with bear specific stuff, you know, break down maybe some of their, uh, hopefully they go get an edge rusher somewhere. Yeah. Changes if they, I mean, that's the thing is they didn't really do a whole lot in free agency. Like they got a couple guys, but like, not a whole lot in free agency for a team that has that much cap availability. Yeah, they got Santa's gift bag there. They, they could go get somebody if they want. Yeah. Well, there's nobody out there really left. That's the issue now. Now it would be a trade. Yeah, you already got to hope for somebody in camp to get pissed off. Their t- yeah, you need a fallout someplace. Hut for a restructure or something and yeah, it doesn't and the team just doesn't want to spend the money. They'll overpay for whatever it is, but well, like, well, why? So why weren't the Bears in on Smith? Why did they let him get traded to the Browns? Zadarius Smith. I don't know. The Vikings traded him outside linebacker, edge rusher. Because you didn't want to give something up in your division. You know, probably right. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. But stuff like that, you know. I don't know. But yeah, we will. Uh, we'll touch base again next week, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more NFL. By then, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the Stanley Cup Finals are halfway over. Maybe the NBA Finals are halfway over because it could be another sweep the way this is all going. And then hopefully, you know, by then. There's been some more uh, games trimmed in the uh, division leads for for a couple of squads. Cubs did lose tonight. Brewers lost tonight. So the uh, Cubs will remain four and a half games out, and the Cardinals five and a half. No, we pick up a game, so we'll be we'll be. Oh no! So that might be because. Hold on, you guys entered today at. You were three down in a loss column. I thought it was, or so, I can't remember. But you guys entered today. Did you enter today at four and a half? I thought you entered today at five, and we were six. I don't. I I can't answer it. I didn't look this morning. Let's see, good thing I make a graphic. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> Let's see. No, you okay? So you were four and a half out because yeah, because you guys were off on Monday. That's right. So yeah, so you're four and a half. So you guys stay there. Cardinals become five back. 
And then the Pirates stay two back. And the Reds stay six back. The Mets win. So what does that do wild card wise? Cardinals three and a half back in the wild card. Cups three. But yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk next week. Yeah, but it'll be, you know, like I said, we'll see what happens. You guys stay a little bit on your run, and we, we need to figure it out. I mean, two out of three off of, you know, off the Mets, I'll take that. You, know, you, you wanted to sweep you after you had the first two games, but you got Hendricks to start to see what you have. You're probably not going to have much, if anything, but. I think he deserved a couple of shots at least. Yep. So, all right. See ya. Sports Divider Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divider. And we'll see you next week.